Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. Welcome. I'm JC Hartz. This is Father Larry I thought we already did that. No, we're going to have to cut all of that. Yeah. Oh, we, there might be some good stuff in there. Every week without fail, I say we have to cut all that. And, and say so, there yeah. might be some good stuff in and there. And there is, always. Rebecca's <laughs> like, I'm going to ruin that. People are, somebody said to me the other day, said, oh, I love it when JC says, we're going to have to cut that, we're going to have to cut that. And then <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, uh, we went to visit Ben's family on the lake for Labor Day, and uh, they're fans of the pod, too. They really seem to like it. But, of course, their favorite part is Ben. They're like, Ben's in it. <laughs> so, yeah. We should have Ben as a guest. Uh, like, if I can't do it, he'll be the guest host. I think that he can do me, my part. We, Rebecca knows this. When we When we talk, I think... Sometimes at home, it's not really conversation of substance. It's more we just do bits after bits. And we just. It's Saturday Night Live. It's Saturday Night Live. We just do. It's sketch comedy constantly. (laughs) So if that's what you're looking for, we could probably. If that's what the people want. What do they they might have? Might have him as a sub for me and nobody will want me back. They might start calling him Father Ben. Yep. We hey, want, if this is what we want the Ben and JC show, we want to know. Let us know at fightingcatholicjetlag.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like all of the other great romantic duos. Like who? Um, uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Uh, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Yeah, you all are like that couple that sell by buys old houses and rent. Or, yeah, Chip and JoJo. Is that who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? We're done. I think we said everything. We yeah. Said. So what's, uh, you had a clarification. So Ben told me I had him listen to the episode where we were talking about glorified bodies because we get a glory. Is that miraculous body? Glorified. You get a glorified body when you go to heaven. And I was explaining to Ben that whoever he has assigned, since we're only till death do we part. And he very excitedly told me that he would be with Emma Stone in heaven one day. So I guess I'd have to fight her. But <laughs> so that's the first clarification. I have to Google Emma Stone. Stone. She's doll baby. Because I'm pretty sure she was. Yeah. She's cute. I mean, she's okay, I guess. No, I'm kidding. I did like the movie Cruella. Yes. I need to watch it. I knew I'd just seen something with her recently. For the fashion. Yeah, is it amazing? It's yes. Can't so y'all need to watch and keep me posted. I have laundry to do tomorrow, so before I fly out, I will turn on Cavilla. So JC is heading to Italy. Yeah, I will be when this episode comes out. I will be in Italy, and she will be attending a bridal shower in. Call it that on the or 
Is that what it is? Bachelorette party in Brown. Batch party. A, a bachelorette party. Yes. Group of flight attendants. Um, on the Isle of Capri. Okay, Rebecca pronounces it Capri. Capri. Capri, son. Yeah. Yeah, I've ordered um, a whole bunch of little Italian flags because we like to be the obnoxious people when we travel. We always get the flags and we just wave them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Okay, so. So I don't have a clarification, I don't think. None uh, at all. None that I can think of. Um, all right. So we've gone through a lot of uh, the lighthearted banter today. It didn't feel lighthearted to some it of us. It felt guilt-inducing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week we're talking about uh, we uh, we finished the afterlife. So it kind of flows. Maybe we move in a little bit of direction of you know some of the church's understanding of the supernatural, specifically with angels and saints and. You know, patron saints, guardian angels, that kind of thing. Spirits. Are we talking about spirits? Did you say spirits? Well, what do you mean by spirits? I mean spirits. I mean like... Like ghosts? Exorcism spirits. Here's the thing. I am happy to talk about angels, saints, guardian angels, and when it comes time, what demonic might mean and devils, and that there are exorcists. I think it's... I, I don't want to... I don't want to make it entertaining. Because some people think they're real. Well, and, and there is a reality to it, but it's... Okay, I see what you're saying. People's lives are kind of destroyed by that okay. demonic stuff sometimes. I, I guess I just don't think that it's possible. Like, it just like it just seems like entertainment because yeah. it's like in the movies. Right. Like, there's it's like there's no way that can be real. There's, there's something. But I see what and you're we'll, saying. we'll talk about it when we get to that. Well, there is something. Very thoughtful. I think people yeah. take the demon stuff more seriously than they should. And they give the devil more power than the devil has. If. So, folks, tonight for Fish and Chips, we thought we would continue with the discussion of last week in the afterlife and talk a little bit about uh, the the supernatural world, Mm -hmm. specifically angels and saints in heaven and guardian saints, or not guardian saints, but patron saints, and uh, the church's wonderful belief in guardian angels. Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah. So the following week, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, the negative side of things and the longstanding Christian tradition of an understanding of the devil, or as JC puts it, Satan. Um, <laughs> and if ghosts are in purgatory. And whether there are such things as ghosts. Big Pete, um, purgatory. You know, the demonic stuff. Okay. Ghosts, spirits, friendly ghosts, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> you would have met a great church lady. Thank you kind of are a church lady. Mm-hmm. You're becoming a church lady. Never. Yes, you are. Really? Yes. What does that mean? Because you referenced that a couple you times. You have never seen the church lady? The one with the purse on SNL. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Yes, yeah. I've seen Dana Carvey. I was going to look it up. but uh, Yeah. Okay. You already know. Yeah. She always said, Satan? Satan? Who yeah. do you think caused that? <laughs> Who do you think caused that? <laughs> and when we talk about that, one of the things that I'll talk about a little bit is, from my perspective, I think we tend to blame way too much on demons and Satan when it's really our own fault or some reason that we are the ones who are are at fault for something and we're just looking for somebody else to blame. So, so I think sometimes we have a tendency to blame everything on the devil or 
for the dark. So why do we uh, do that? It's because well, I think we, are, we don't want to take credit. For, we don't want to. Yeah, we for never our take own responsibility. responsibility, our own wrongdoing. That's annoying, isn't it? It. Uh, I'm sure it must be for the good Lord when yeah. uh, he asked us to be responsible, and we end up blaming it all on on someone else or our astrology sign, right? <laughs> So I'm a Capricorn, I'd like so to first start know. out with saints because I think the, the we you know when we talk about purgatory we introduce the concept of communion of saints mm-hmm. and I think the communion of saints is one of the most beautiful Catholic doctrines. It's basically an understanding that we as human beings all belong to each other and we are in communion with each other um, in this world, which has traditionally been described as the church triumphant, uh, while we're experiencing purgatory, which has sometimes been called the church suffering. Mm. And then when we enter into glory uh, and we celebrate the uh, eternal reward as the church triumphant. Mm. And um, it's just a reminder that as, as we move through this life and into the next, we're not doing this just by ourselves, but we're connected to each other. And so the saints in heaven include those people that are recognized as saints, and that recognition comes from the Pope. Uh, and sometimes people are fascinated by the process of becoming a saint because it takes many, many years. There's and a whole council in the Vatican. Uh, well, there's an office uh, for, yeah, for the creation of the saints, cause, saint, the cause of saints. Okay. Uh, but usually it has to be some group, often a religious order or a community, uh, where somebody holy has come from that are promoting somebody as a saint. And there's certain things that have to be in place for somebody to be a saint. And as you know, they have to have a couple of miracles ascribed to okay, them, Okay, right? let me, this is my understanding of it. Okay, go tell you us. You have to have three miracles or the stigmata, like St. Rita did. I don't think you have to have stigmata, but stigmata can, for those who don't know, Tell us what stigmata is. Stigmata is when you have the wounds that Jesus had when he was crucified. And they just, your arms, your wrists just start bleeding like St. Rita's did. You know, Padre Pio, Father, uh, St. Padre Pio had a, um, had the stigmata on his hands and his feet and his side. When you see pictures of him saying mass, he's, his hands are wrapped in cloth because they, they would weep blood. Uh, but that, that's often a sign of sanctity. Um, but even there, before it's determined whether or not somebody is a saint, uh, you have to make the uh, judgment that the stigmata is supernatural and not caused by a, a psychological illness. Because or, you can. Yeah, you can't just do it yourself. It's like right. when that lady tried to sue Wendy's because she found a thumb in her chili, and it's like, this isn't real. We're obviously going to cut that, but you can't, you can't just. Like there's background checks. There are checks and balances. So don't be thinking you're going to become a saint by sticking a thumb in your Wendy's chili. There, there actually used to be a uh, an office in the church called the devil's advocate. Really? Yeah. I don't think the devil needs an advocate. The devil's advocate is the person whose job it was to prove that this person was not a saint. This person sounds obnoxious. And they had to discontinue that office because he had no friends. <laughs> so what? I think that office is discontinued, but I think the role, there's still somebody who plays the role of kind of being the one to say, okay, let's stop and think about this. Let's think this through and make sure that somebody is actually a saint and not uh, 
just looks like a saint or might be a saint, which is often why uh, it would take years after somebody's death before a saint was declared a saint, simply because uh, you wanted to be sure that there wasn't anything in that person's closet uh, that would be embarrassing then because nobody realized, okay, yeah, it was a holy person, but uh, did did you know, you know, they also did or said this and it. Are they taking away like the saint status of anyone that you know of due to reasons that they found out later? I have never heard that. And that is one reason why the church is extremely careful before it uh, canonizes someone is because canonization is considered an infallible act of the church. In other words, this is something from God that this person has virtues that are so heroic that you want to emulate them. That's amazing. Um, now, there's a process for getting sainthood, right? So you're, you're first declared a servant of God, um, which basically means, okay, we're going to look at your, your the cause for your sanctity and uh, pass some tests. You're declared venerable. Right. Um, some people never make it past that. Define venerable. Yeah. Venerable is just a title. You know, venerable as a title means somebody who is honorable. You know, it, uh, venerable is worthy of veneration. Um, okay. And so if you make it past that, then you're beatified. And so we have um, blesseds. And so, you know, for a long time, uh, Kateri Tekakwitha, who was the oh, Native American saint, uh, Saint Kateri, okay. or, uh, or Kateri, um, she was blessed for the longest time, the most 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 of my adult life, or blessed Unaparosera. Uh, they all became saints eventually, um, but in order to do that, you got to have the miracles, like JC said. Is blessed, the step before right sainthood? before sainthood. Yes. Is there anyone that just bypassed all of that? Uh, yes, in the early church, uh, saint, sainthood was often done by acclamation, that somebody was so well-known you know, for their holiness that everybody just, you know, together, the, the community were like, yeah, it's kind of obvious this is a saint. And, okay, St. John Paul, weren't they, they were praying to him for, what is he? Is it the patron saint of, what's his patronage? Parkinson's. They were praying to him oh. to help with their Parkinson's. And that's, yeah. So the Blessed Mother is a saint because she's the patron saint of the United States. Yeah, it's St. Mary. I mean, another way of referring okay. to uh, yeah. to her is just simply a St. Mary. Did she, she probably, she bypassed Yeah, she didn't go through a process. Yeah, you know, all the, the early apostles. They didn't go oh, through I'm a, sure they made all the girls go through. They didn't go through a process. Mary Magdalene, all the early saints of the church were basically just acclaimed by the people, you know, they recognize that somebody was so holy that, uh, you know, you don't need to spend a lot of time uh, figuring this out. So didn't Vatican II, didn't you say that they are, they were trying to make it some more married people? Right. So I believe it was the parents of St. Teresa of Lisieux oh, that were declared, declared saints by uh, John Paul II. There's a number of uh, queens who are saints, St. Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, St. Margaret of Scotland. Oh, you love Elizabeth of Hungary. Yeah, I That's think she's pretty girl. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. 
So, and, and saints typically, um, what I love about saints is they, they can be patrons of a region. So often some saints aren't known much beyond the, the place where they came from, but some are more universal in that they've achieved kind of international fame. You know, it's like the difference between a local celebrity and a, and an international celebrity. Um, so I'm local, you're international. Yeah. I don't think I'm very international. Um, <laughs> uh, and who are you? I'm JC Hartz, flight attendant of seven and a half years. Not You're the international theology. one flying off to Capri for a, <laughs> uh, a, a, bri- a bridal or a batch party. Bachelorette party. Yeah. We need to pick a theme for it. So if you have any ideas at me at fightingcatholicjetlog.com, because you know you have to like have a theme when you're going out for a bachelor. Is that, no, so while you're in Italy, you're not, not going to like wear those crazy bachelorette party outfits that you see people wearing in Vegas. Like what? I don't, you know, they wear hats and what signs, kind of hats? the bride to be, you know, or. Are you going to wear wigs and say we're wigging out? That's good. No, we won't delete be doing, delete all that. So. Yeah, we yeah, need I a think theme. The, I think the Isle of Capri is pretty quiet. Classy little place. And you so you, each of you has a patron saint. or It's basically your... So when your, you confirm, if you were on the fence about confirming, you should do it because you get your own patron saint. I had to. Yeah, you can pick another one beyond your best baptismal saint. But you do you know who mine is? You told, told us. You. I didn't tell you the second one. Probably St. James after, since your name J.C. Uh, the little flower. Oh, Therese. Therese. And then I also have, um, Teresa of Avia. Okay. Who's yours? Lorenz. L- Lawrence. Lawrence. And is, that's Lawrence. Is Lawrence too. No, it's not. You had a girl, didn't you? It's Elizabeth. Oh, that's right. Your Elizabeth is your middle name, isn't it? Actually, I celebrated with a group of ladies the other day, St. Phoebe, her feast day was the third and she is, she was the first female deacon of the church. She took St. Paul's letter. Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. Yep. St. Phoebe. So she was, he called her a deacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And each of you should maybe celebrate your saints on what, is your name day. I remember my mother telling me that we're the very Catholic part of Germany. She grew up that uh, your name day was uh, more important than your birthday. Mm. And so you might get presents on your name day, but not much of a recognition on your birthday. So when, when, what's your, Therese is your. Yeah. But I also. Um, so that's why I didn't remember your birthday because I am focused on your. Which would name be. Day. Oh, <sighs> Go ahead. When is it? St. Therese, the little flower, is in October. Mm-hmm. And I think. <laughs> um, Teresa of Avia, February 9th. Who's Teresa of Avia? Gosh, she's amazing. Oh, she's Al- a Avia. You're pretty- oh, like uh, Avila. Avila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's my girl. So- uh, Teresa of Avila was... Uh, was Did you a, say Avila? When I was in Spain, they said Avila. Well, I'm sure that's the correct. Okay, because uh, I yeah. always called it Avila, and then I'm um, like a moron. Teresa of Lisieux is October 1st. Yeah, feast days are fun. But don't you think about, like, the second string patron saints? Okay, you've got St. Valentine, February 14th. Everyone knows him. 
So what about the saints that died that have their feast day on the 14th, but it's not Valentine's? Yeah, like and extreme. a lot of because either they weren't very well known or they people they have lost their, you know, their appeal for whatever reason. Um, like the the town that I grew up in, Germany, that that one of the churches, Saint Sebaldus. Oh, God bless Sebald, and he, you know, nobody knows who that is anymore. But we really. should. Well, you can't keep track of everybody, well, and when popes to. make a bunch of new ones, you know, Pope John Paul II made more saints in the time that he was pope than in the whole two hundred years that preceded him. We love to see it. He loved making saints, and his argument was. That the 20th century. I'm Pope and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Don't at me. That the 20th century was so um, uh, vile in terms of human suffering and humans <laughs> causing suffering that he wanted people to understand that there was still great goodness. And oh, so he, um, he pulled out all the stops when it came to finding those who uh, exemplified goodness and wanted to, to share that with others. So that's basically saints. Everybody, you, you have a patron saint. The United States has a patron saint in and we pray Our Lady to, of the Immaculate Conception. Yeah. We already talked about. Well, we oh, pray to them because it's not like we don't feel we can go to God. But it's I like to think of it as we pray to them as if we would say, like, hey, you're my friend. Pray for me. That's right. This prayer. It's it's not so much prayer that the, the church has always made a distinction between the veneration that you give the saints and the adoration that properly belongs to God. Right. Um, but I really think Jesus is so glad that someone else is finding your keys and he's off duty for that. Yeah. St. Anthony. Um, okay. So guardian angels. Let's hear. Hi, sorry to interrupt. This conversation is a pretty big one. So we're going to finish it up on next week's episode. Tune in next Sunday for part two. Before we go, let's join Father Larry for a closing prayer. But there's a prayer um, that uh, is, uh, is, it's an old, it's kind of, I would guess it's an old timey prayer, but it represents a particular way of uh, understanding St. Michael, the archangel in his role as defender of humanity. Um, and so JC is going to pray this for our closing prayer this evening. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits, who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. 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 This podcast is ended. This podcast is ended. Go in love as you have been loved. And peace be with y'all. God's breath be in your sails. And Godspeed. <laughs>